It's still so weird that I'm sitting here in daylight and it's like 11 o'clock where you are. I know. Time zones. Weird. Don't make any sense. But now that we're experiencing it, it does make complete sense. It needs to be 8 o'clock here right now because the sun's still out. It wouldn't make any sense if it was 11 o'clock here right now. Alaska does just fine, is all I'm saying. Well... they have their own issues time is the least of them (laughs) hello hello happy to you guys belated memorial day right and then if you're in england or like the uk or europe or whatever i think it's just a bank holiday i don't know what bank holiday it is but you guys do have a holiday as well happy bank holiday Happy day off. <laughs> we all need one. Well, it's important. You know, the UK makes up 10% of our listeners now. I know, which is great and interesting and fun. Why? I want to know. Yeah. Do you just do you just love our, our mispronunciations <laughs> and our wonderful American accents? We were compared to Paris Hilton not too long ago. Which so, was very flattering. Yeah. Uh, during one of my travels, the one of the guys that I met, he was like a man from, I think, Poland. Mm. He was a doctor. He was a pediatric okay. surgeon, and he was staying at the bed and breakfast that Joe and I were staying at up in Massachusetts. And they struck up a conversation with me, and they were like, oh, where are you from? And I said, Georgia. And the doctor's like, uh, where is your accent? And I was like, <laughs> my accent? It's like, why don't you have an accent? You are from Georgia. Where is? And I was like, you don't mean like the country? <laughs> no. He was like, where's your southern twang? Like, hey, I can pull it out, but I only use that for special occasions and party tricks. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I only use that. That's your English is so good. I was like, oh well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think that people are probably mostly surprised that you are from Georgia, and I grew up primarily in Georgia and southern parts of Maryland because we don't we don't have those types of accents. So we just have I don't know what our accents are. In certain words, I can hear it when I edit. Mm-hmm. But also you get me a couple of shots of whiskey or you get me around my family and I sound very different. I just have to be really, really tired. Like exhausted. <laughs> exhausted. And then it'll kind of come out and just certain things. But but this is Haunted or Hoax. Yes, and I'm Kristen. And I am Jennifer. Welcome. Welcome. Today, we are going to Oklahoma, which has its own accent, I'm sure. I don't think we, we really spoke to anybody when we went through Oklahoma, to be honest. <laughs> we spoke to... Didn't the... speak to anyone. No eye contact, just drove straight through. Like... I mean, that was pretty much it. We stopped at a hotel. I think we did like a self-check-in at the hotel. And then we went to Pizza Hut. And the Pizza Hut employee said like three words. They didn't even say anything when we pulled up. They just somehow knew that it was Joe and gave us our pizza. (laughs) Wow. Must have been a slow night. Or Joe's very popular in Oklahoma. (laughs) (laughs) The Oklahoma Pizza Hut. Yeah. (laughs) But no, today we are going to be at the Stone Line Inn in Guthrie, Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, A lot is going on here. 
this does have a ghost adventures episode i do have like some clips from it some of the things i only saw in ghost adventures as far as like lore but mostly people talk about uh this being the home of mr and mrs houghton 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 Rootin tootin um and there are 12 <laughs> children so in Ghost Adventures, Zach Biggins claims that three of the family members have died in this house. Oh. The only, the stories that I saw mostly were of one of the children. Her name is Augusta. And the lore goes that she became ill with whooping cough and she was very, very sick. And the nurse, in stories that I saw, the nurse unintentionally gave her the wrong medicine. In Ghost Adventures, everything has to be intentional and murder. Um, so she was poisoned by the wrong medicine. But it was like medicine, I guess, that was had a lot of like codeine and like stuff. The that's cough not... medicine, yeah, cough medicine back at the day was pretty much just like opiums. Yeah, and it, they gave her too much, and she overdosed, and she is now haunting the space. Uh, the hauntings didn't really come to like uh, fruition or very noticeable until a woman named Becky purchased the home and she was renovating it. While that renovation project was going on, things started to happen, like unexplainable noises were the start. Then loud footsteps were reported coming from the back staircase. Doors would open and close by themselves. And the police were often called because they thought they were like people intruding, like breaking in while the renovations were going on. The police would come and there'd be no one there. The third floor is where Augusta likes to hang out, apparently. Okay. Becky's son would neatly put away all of his toys at night before going to bed when he when they lived there. And then every time he woke up in the morning, his toys would be all scattered around. Like and he they would blame Augusta for it. Also, a lot of guests have witnessed a childlike figure trying to tuck them into bed at night. Oh. And others have complained about noisy children jumping up and down on the beds, even though there were no children staying at the inn and at that time. A wooden ball can be heard rolling across mansion floors. And some guests have like reported like waking up to like a girl child ghost like stroking their cheek. Mm. which is no no i don't need to be tucked in little girl don't Thank touch you. me little girl. yes and then um her father has also been reported to be seen throughout the house not just on the third floor but all throughout and you can smell the tobacco from his tobacco pipe in certain rooms mm. this place also used to be a funeral home mm-hmm but I didn't see a lot of, apparently, I don't know if that for sure, <laughs> allegedly, because I've seen it mentioned like a few places, but I didn't see a lot of like specific spirits connected to this. Ghost Adventures really played up and stayed on the funeral home bit of this place, kind of like talking about how hundreds of bodies went through it. And there was a outlaw named Elmer McCurdy who was i don't so i don't know if he was like he was killed and then his body was brought to this funeral home or he was killed on this property but somehow he died he was he was murdered and then 
there's a bit on Ghost Adventures where they were saying that his body was used as a like prop in a movie. Like you can see his body hanging in like a like a, a movie and like it's his real body. And the movie was filmed on this property, supposedly. That's not pleasant. Not pleasant at all. And so he is so there's a there's a cemetery that is on this property as well that supposedly he is hanging around and haunting as well as the house okay according to ghost adventures i did not see this elmer mccurdy and any of the other like lore stories i found online and they don't really seem to mention him in reviews at all either i can tell you about him okay perfect but Ghost Adventures really focused on him for like the first half of their investigation. I'm not Zach- surprised. <laughs> well, Zach Bagans also like was like, oh, and they, oh, by the way, the owner has performed satanic rituals. Oh. In the cemetery. And I don't That's... know if he meant like the past owner, like one of the past owners, like the Houghtons or like the funeral home, or if he meant like the current owners have performed satanic. I like, feel like that's like a really strong thing to say that somebody is doing. Well, a strong thing to say ambiguously. Yeah. Like, can you can you name drop? Right. Who? Don't be shy. I have some evidence from a few different places, Ghost Adventures, but also a review. And also, so it's, I think it's very interesting because you just, before we started recording, gave me this link to a paranormal investigation team, OKPRI, where they did an investigation and they have like these light anomalies in the pictures mm-hmm. which is pretty cool i think that's like a very it doesn't seem like a just like a regular flash no although like in the first picture you can almost see like a double exposure of her face let me go down to it which is kind of freaky but oh yeah you can it almost looks like a mirror yeah which is kind of weird but it doesn't happen in any of the p- other pictures so these are these are really cool. And then they have a video of the cup, the straw moving in a cup by itself, which is not a very good video. Sorry, no offense, you guys. It's just it's not a very good quality video, <laughs> in my opinion. I wish it was like less grainy. <laughs> um, but they're interesting because I have photos from a review that kind of have like things in them. And I also have things moving on them on their own. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like a consistency of activity that's supposedly happening. I'll give you this. I'll give you these two pictures. And then I'll read the review that they came from. This was from June 2020. So not that long ago. And it's from a person named Renee. And they gave this place five to stars. They said they went for the murder mystery dinner. And then they went ghost hunting afterwards and they said, I caught a ghost looking in on my room at one in the morning, went out to my truck on the side of the house and sat in my truck. And I felt something watching me. I had my window down and took a picture. I didn't see anything, but I still felt uneasy. So I rolled up my window and turned back to the house next door, which is empty. And here are a few pics. It wasn't a very expansive review and i will be honest with some of you guys i feel like if you're going to write a review for the stone line in a lot of you have written a review like 
directly after your murder mystery dinner. Maybe you had too many libations during that dinner because some of them made no sense. It was a really good time. It was a really good weekend, but you you couldn't really put it together in words, um, which is fine. But it was kind of funny to read. What am I supposed to be looking at for the first one? Um, right in that corner of like the window. I guess I took a picture of like the window, their room window from where they were sitting outside. Mm-hmm. And they're saying that there is a face in the window, like or in in the, in the circle. In the circle, because it's like another part of the window. It looks like Bat Boy to me. I'm just. It also looks like leaves, three limbs. Yeah, it looks like like a like a shadow or a movement of some leaves as well. Yeah, I'm not I'm not feeling that one. And then the second one, I think, was like from their like looking in onto their room, and they're saying again that there's like a face up in the corner, which I guess you could kind of see like there's an eyeball and then like a nose and then some like a mouth area, but it's just like that could also just be. I think that's a coincidence. That doesn't look like an actual face to me. And these doors are very glossy wood. It could They're be like just shiny. like a, a reflection of the, you know. But that's just our opinion. Door. That's just our opinion. It's just an opinion. Um, and then with the objects moving and our dear old friend Elmer, I have a clip from the Ghost Adventures episode. And I, I actually do remember watching this episode this episode they they start out by like having this uh housekeeper named michelle i think that was her name like do an interview with them and she has like this really disturbing dream about like this bucket in the basement with water and it starts overflowing uh zach's like did you look into it and she was like no i didn't look into it it was just like i was just watching it overflow but it was very disturbing dream that she had and she felt really uncomfortable down there or in there. Um, and she, that's where she used to sleep. And they make her be in there by herself, of course. And she gets really emotional. It makes me really uncomfortable. That's not this part. I just thought it was worth mentioning that, of course, they just don't do this just to their crew. They do it to complete strangers, too. Yes. This first part, they get some of those little talking box responses while they're sitting out by the tombstone in the cemetery those aren't as compelling to me as what i really want to show you in this video which is if you go to like four minutes and 30 seconds in they are all downstairs none of them are on this this floor of the house and a door to a room just opens up and i it it's really fucking weird and I would like you to look at it. <laughs> okay. Man, I hate that. Yeah. Especially like when you know that like there's nobody else up there. There's nobody else up there. And it's not they, even like a like a settling or like a wind blow thing. No, it's like it had to be turned. It did not have to be turned. It had to be pushed. Something had to make it open. And it's just really creepy. And the creepy part about this is like two or three minutes later they don't know that this has happened so the guys are just coming upstairs to do more of their investigation and they have no idea that this this door was never opened or that this door opened on its own because it's just a static cam mm-hmm. 
This static cam also records some footsteps, some mm-hmm. footsteps while Zach is up there alone lying on a bed. And also, I have to make you go to the actual episode on Discovery Plus. It's episode, it's season 17, episode one, and it's around the 3143 mark. Because once again, this static cam is like the victim of whatever is here on this floor. I don't want to be in the storm after dark moment. That's great. The unexplained footsteps has not only been knocked over, but it has also had its on-camera lights completely drained of their fresh batteries only seconds before this happened. did you see it did you see it yeah i saw it (laughs) i mean to be fair i probably would jump too but it's just it's so funny watching him get scared yes yeah so the camera falls it's like knocked over it's not like a little like it oh it lost like its balance or like a leg gave out or whatever it's like it looks like it's pushed over and then, like, there's a very faint orb that goes by afterwards, which I think is very interesting because of these pictures that we fa- that you found of that yeah. orb floating through. So, and light anomalies are a common thing in this place. And now they don't say exactly on Ghost Adventures who they think this spirit is who's opening the doors and walking by this camera. I'm going to bet money that Zach Bagans thinks it's this Elmer McCurdy guy was outlaw. I would maybe think that it might be Augusta because like, I feel like a child would kind of like play a little prank, you know, oh, what's this kind of knock something over, you know. But if you're talking about like it being a funeral home, there's really no way. True. To know true like it could have just been grandma bumping into something like oh who put this there (laughs) yeah (laughs) or i mean like it could be don't leave your crap in my hallway (laughs) or it could be like yeah her father which is who's supposedly also there um kind of just like doing his like routine through the house and things are just in his way yeah but i did think it was interesting this hallway got like a lot of attention towards the second half of the episode along with like that um video on the investigators the independent investigators mm-hmm. uh their straw moving which was you know it, it's not the best quality but you can see it like what they're trying to say like it's actually like moving on its own mm-hmm. nobody's kind of like bumping into the table or anything so it kind of just it really seems like now that i think about it it might not be like super intelligent activity it could be like like i said like just things small disturbances do. yeah just like going through their routine they need to open the store mm-hmm. and don't leave your crap in the hallway right move your stuff be courteous you're a guest here i did like i read this one article about how this place is mostly known for their murder mystery weekends and how it being haunted kind of affects that and they go into like are the hauntings genuine or are they a way to kind of market this sort of idea Mm -hmm. like murder mystery weekend in a real haunted house Mm -hmm. 
And they used like a very interesting word, which I feel like I've been trying to search, searching for what, what places like this do, not this place in particular, because I feel like they're being very respectful as at the same time. They're not like, um, I haven't seen personally, like on any of their websites, like, you know, bloody gore, Augusta child demon, like, you know, haunted house, come and get scared, you know, like. No, I feel like the most cringy thing is the embalming table in the middle of the room. Yeah. But some guests have left reviews claiming that they have paranormal encounters that are like eerily parallel to like the murder mystery story that is going on. Mm. And they were suggesting, are they real or has the owner and operator of the Stone Line Inn created a good emotional branding? Mm-hmm. By using the the supposed spirits of this house, like using the emotional history of this place in a way to market the experience. And maybe people are so intensely in that feeling and in that moment of what they're creating that their desire for it to be haunted and to see apparitions are going off of that. It's like a suggested experience. Yes. Which I think is very, which is, is very like compelling to think about. Like when you go to places like this that are, you know, kind of feeding off of the potential of it being haunted and spirits, are they just using a part of its sad or emotional or traumatic history to create this emotional brand? Mm Mm-hmm. I just thought that was that was an interesting question to pick up. This place, to me, not as much as some of the other places that we talked about. Like I said, it's not super, super in my face of like, we're using these these spirits as like, a, I don't know. It doesn't like seem as gimmicky. Flashy. Yeah. There's not a, a big sign out front like the Villisca at yeah. Murder House. Yeah. And... You know, some of those places that are like, you know, this place is really fucking haunted. We've kind of like been like, is it? Nah, nah, eh, I don't think, I don't know. <laughs> and this place, I love a good door moving on its own. If you give me an object that's like in the middle of the room and it's just going to move on its own. Uh, doors have flashlights with you. I, it's just like, how do you explain that? How, how's it, how is that happening? But <laughs> explain it to me because I can't, I can't figure it out. So, like you get me with that you get me with a, a doll's head turning or like Ew, stop. Or, or like a teddy bear moving like ah, it's haunted <laughs> something's going on it's haunted um, and we're leaving end of story yeah we're not staying here but yeah as for the ghost the only real lore i could find that wasn't part of zach bagan's uh show was augusta augusta and her father are supposedly there hanging around which kind of makes me sad because she has 11 siblings he has 11 children and she has a mother and he has a wife who have moved on and somehow they are have not and i would really like them to just all be together that would be just thing that i would want for my family in the end but yeah that's all i have okay that's honestly more than what we've had in the past couple of episodes so i'll take it Perfect. <laughs> I can't wait to hear the history and, you know, see if this uh, Elmer McCurdy guy is actually has anything to do with this fucking place. 
I will tell you all about it and him when we get back. Perfect. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm Shan. And I'm Troy. And we are going on a little murder road trip. Where every Sunday we take you to a new state alphabetically to tell you the story of murder, spooks, and everything in between. Yes, join us every Sunday for bad jokes, murder, and ghosts. It doesn't get much better than that. So grab your snackies, get on in, and we're going to go on a murder road trip. We're back. We are back. So you ready to learn all about this place? Yes. Tell me all the facts. The home was originally built in 1907 by Frederick Ernest Houghton, and they started in a small house on the property but after the birth of their sixth child, they decided they needed more room. Right. So go big or go to a bigger home. I guess they built a four-story, 8,000-square-foot home. Mm. 8,000 square feet. So each story, each floor of the house is 2,000 square feet. That is crazy. For the whopping amount of $1,000. <laughs> I mean, which would be Which would be... Three million dollars today. You know, I didn't look it up. Let me look. That's shocking. It's only about four hundred thousand dollars. Oh wow! So he got a deal. Yeah. <laughs> the average cost and for a home in that area, just to give you an idea, is about two thousand dollars. Well, in that time. Okay. So after they moved in, since they had all that room, they ended up having six more children. And as far as the daughter goes, I saw Irene, and I also saw Augusta. Okay. However, when I was looking on Find a Grave, not all 12 children are listed. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really sure about that, but Augusta nor Irene are listed. So on Mm. the OKPRI.com website, they do Mm. give a little bit of history, and they talk about finding a census. They didn't source the census and i couldn't find one but they mentioned it which is more than i had so i'm gonna go off of it so like you said the lore is that their daughter became sick with whooping cough which is just a really bad bad cough and the maid over medicated her with cough syrup at the time the cough syrup contained contained opium which ultimately led to her death and she was around six or seven years old at the time mm-hmm. They say that there are historical records that report the young female child did die, Mm -hmm. but there are no mentions of her name or any information specifically about her. Gotcha. Uh, They mentioned that many people, including the owner, Becky Luker, believe that it was the daughter, Augusta, that died. But they say that based on their research, it wasn't Augusta, but rather a child named Irene, who was around the same age. She was found on the 1900 census, but not the 1910 census, which gotcha. indicates her death. Uh, they also mentioned that the Houghton family members who have come to come in contact with Becky have confirmed the story of their little sister who died of whooping cough, mm. which I don't really know about because I don't know if there would be any living siblings at this point, but I could be wrong on that. I don't know the timeline for all of them because I don't have all of their birth dates. Right. So that also might be why they aren't all listed on Find a Grave, though, because they could all be alive. Regardless, it seems as though it's Irene, not Augusta, who passed. 
Mm, okay. Um, in the 1920s, the house was leased to Smith and Gooch. No. <laughs> How unfortunate. Oh, no. I was talking about it to Joe. I was researching and he said, did you just say sniffing Gooch? <laughs> oh, I said, well, that's nauseating. That's unfortunate. Uh, so the Smiths lived upstairs and did the embalming in the kitchen. Apparently, Yikes. Don't get those bottles mixed up. That's Mm-mm. not vinegar. No, no. Uh, they say later Mr. Houghton fell into bad health and allegedly died downstairs just off the kitchen. And then after his death, Mrs. Houghton fell upon hard times and then rented the rooms for housing, which eventually turned the whole house into a boarding house. Okay. And then like an inn and it stayed in the family for a long time and it says that all of the Houghton children were elderly when they finally decided to put it up for sale becky luker purchased the stone lion inn in 1986 and she converted it into the first bed and breakfast in oklahoma which is wild and then it says that it's most known for its murder mystery weekends that it does every friday and saturday night there were a couple of other things I didn't necessarily find a definitive listing for Mr. Houghton. I just couldn't get any like validation that the person that I found was actually the correct person. It was gotcha. an F.E. Houghton in Guthrie, Oklahoma. So I'm not sure like the dates seemed right, but I couldn't confirm it. Right. But there was also a listing or an article on Weekly o- Oklahoma State Capitol for Guthrie, Oklahoma. Apparently there was a really bad flood in 1897, which is before the family moved into this home, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it does list one of the dead to be F.E. Houghton. Oh. That was killed by the flood. They had a son that was named from his father that gotcha. was very like five months old. That was listed on Find a Grave, but it was like the dates were listed a year before, but I don't have a picture of the headstone, so I don't know if it was a typo or what, but I think that might have been a connection. Okay. So their son might have died in a flood, but it was like, it would have been on the property, but not in the house. Right. It would have been when they were in the smaller house. Correct. Which the smaller house is no longer standing. Gotcha. And then lastly, let's talk about Mr. Elmer. Yes. Um, Let's talk about him. So this is from chrie.org, which is a case study. It's that marketing um, information that you were kind of mentioning earlier. Mm-hmm. They talk about the story of Mr. McCurdy a little bit more. And then they also they show a picture of his tombstone. So the tombstone reads, Elmer McCurdy shot by Sheriff's Posse on Osage Hills on October 7th, 1911. Returned to Guthrie, Oklahoma, from Los Angeles County, California, for burial, April twenty second, nineteen seventy seven. Mm. So sixty six years this man traveled while he was dead. Thanks. They mentioned that the game master who is in charge of the murder mystery stories, they do like a graveside visit, as if he was just laid to rest during their murder mystery nights. Um. And they explain how Mr. McCurdy became a Hollywood legend after being killed in a locomotive shootout in Oklahoma in 1911. When his body was unclaimed, the funeral director preserved his body in an arsenic-based preservative 
and stored him in a funeral home. After being mistaken for a prop, McCurdy's body became part of a sideshow act and ended up in storage in Los Angeles, California. It was only during the filming of the $6 million man television show that people realized that McCurdy was not a prop, but a well-preserved human. Well, God. He was finally laid to rest in 1977 in the cemetery. Uh, To establish atmospherical elements and stimulate the guest's emotions and other murder mysteries, Becky created fictional stories of relatives of family members who had lived in the home, including a fight over the estate. So he is not actually... Like legitimately linked to the estate. 1911, the family, the Houghtons were still living there. It was not a funeral home. So he would not have had any connection to that house. It's just like a local legend that I think that she's just playing off of. Yeah. Murder mystery. But I don't think he's actually there. There. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it just seemed like really odd to me. Like, I guess like it, like it's just gross to think about somebody being preserved and then like used as a movie prop. I don't know. And that is some serious preservation skills though, if you can't tell that it's a real human body. Right. And like how long did it go before it was preserved like that? Uh, I think it was pretty immediate because like okay. uh, there wasn't a family member to claim it. So they were probably like, We're just gonna preserve the crap out of this guy so that his family can come find him eventually. Gotcha. But nineteen eleven, like that's not even that long ago. I know. <laughs> And then, like, I can see where it, like, it was, like, possible that he could haunt a place because, like, you're being shuffled around for 66 years before you find a final resting place that gives you a lot of unrest. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's, like, it's here. No, I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think that he would have anything to do with this place. Yeah. That's all I have. Oh, okay. Well, good. (laughs) Well, I think that, again, I think that, once again, Mr. McCurdy is death is being used for zach bagans to sensationalize something yep whether it's augusta or irene i could totally see a residual haunting of a little child that has died or mm-hmm. her father effie houghton or both could totally see that especially because you're with these murder mystery weekends you're kind of bringing things up again and again mm-hmm. and you're kind of like stirring up that energy and you're making it so like things are going to happen or people will think they're happening at least or you're stimulating an emotional response based on these stories yeah. that you're giving like you're setting an expectation and i think that it might be a self-fulfilling prophecy in right. some instances i think that the door opening is really cool but it is an old house true true um i think those pictures are cool the pictures are cool yeah but still like a neat place i would want to go check it out i would love to do the murder mystery yeah just it looks like they have a lot of fun i think it looks like you can dress up a little bit yeah they're you're encouraged to dress up like your characters yeah super fun totally cool to me um and i did like that like there was actually stories (laughs) And names and some evidence behind this one, mm-hmm. even if we don't agree with it all. And yeah, I can put it. Yeah, I think that it could be a minorly a hoax. I think that there the, are some embellishments happening. The mention of the owner making up family member stories for it to be juicier does give me a little bit of hoax vibes. I'm still going to say that I'm a, I lean towards like residual, residual stuff lingering. 
because of people going through it all the time. <laughs> yeah. But good. Great. Awesome. <laughs> that was fun. I liked it a lot. <laughs> Next week, we are going to ba, 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 California. <laughs> she says disappointed. This place I'm looks not... so neat. I'm so yes. excited. <laughs> I'm actually excited for this place. We just have done California like a few times and I felt yeah. I didn't realize. And then I was like putting this, these ideas on paper and then I was like, oh, wait, we we're going back to California, which is fine, which is good. It's a big state. It's a huge state. There's a lot of weird and scary shit that has gone down in California. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but a lot of it should be haunted. So I think I think it'll be good. I think it'll be this place looks very pretty, mm-hmm. if anything. So I'm excited. What is your stage moment? Um, my stage moment is like like a little bit of a question for you, but don't Google it. Okay. Okay. I saw this thing on Twitter and I got me thinking, what, when do you, what year do you think Picasso died? Like the painter Picasso. My like first knee jerk reaction is like the seventies. The seventies. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're right. Okay. (laughs) He was, he died in 1973, but like a lot of people were commenting on it and be like, like no like the the thing the meme was like no one talked to me i thought this man lived in the 1500s and i asked some people at work and they were all like you know 15 17 1800s and he was born in 1889 but i just thought it was really interesting because when you think of picasso you know his name is like up there in yeah, the art no, world but he got he got famous shortly after he died but it was because everybody had to get on those drugs to really appreciate his work right and that happened in the 70s and 80s that's true but (laughs) the thing is is that like when you think of his name it's like it's his name is like kind of synonymous with like or like up there with like da vinci i think Mm -hmm. that's what people like get that mind meld of like these people lived at the same time artists yeah yeah But I just thought it was really interesting because I was like reading through the comments on the Twitter and then on the like the feed and it was like, like he wasn't. (laughs) There was one um, episode that we were Joe and I were listening on during one of our road trips. It was uh, Joe really likes the podcast, The Disappearing Spoon, Mm -hmm. which if y'all like like random, neat, trivial stories, Mm -hmm. definitely check him out. It's a little dramatic but it's still like the stories are super interesting but he was talking about this painter that like went up and he was being really moody and he like went to this cafe in italy and i think it was da vinci and michelangelo were both sitting there having a cup of coffee together and this other i can't remember the painter's name or maybe it was da vinci i can't remember how it went but it was like three major people in history just like met up with each other they were just random random cafe in italy i'm like y'all for some reason in my head y'all aren't on the same timeline like i don't get it right it was it was crazy right and that man went on to create the teenage mutant ninja turtles no i'm kidding but (laughs) they were all eating pizza (laughs) but yeah i know it was just like really interesting to me because um you know, it was just, it was really interesting to like ask people that, that I know too. And a lot of them were like, no, no, he was like, you know, 1700s, you know, like he was way back then. It's like, no. And he was pretty modern. Yeah. And he died in 73. 
which for me, which is also interesting to think about because for me, a 90s baby, that doesn't seem so long ago. But then like when you think about it in 2023, that was a long time ago. <laughs> but it still really isn't that long. Like 1911, like, that's why I said like 1911, that's not like you kind of leave room for like old timey things in your head. Like the cutoff right. is 1800s for like old timey things. Right. I mean, uh, but, for us like, millennials. but in reality, 1911 was 112 years ago. But that's still in the grand scheme of like a historical timeline. That's not that long ago. True. But in like regular timeline, that's kind of a long time ago. <laughs> but 1973 is only 50 years. So there are many generations still alive from 1973. This is true. Neat. Very neat. What is your sage moment? My sage moment is that we went farming yesterday. Farming? And I don't mean like we didn't go and like work on the farm. (laughs) No, we went to look at like a bunch of different farms, local farms yesterday, because there's a brochure that I found that talks about like local eateries and local vineyards and local farms and local markets that you can, it's like a whole roadmap. So we picked a couple that were nearby and we found one place that does berries. Okay. But they create the berries themselves. Oh, okay. They have 40 special, like specific berries that they themselves created on the farm. That's cool. And schnozberries. No schnozberries. But there were (laughs) Marion berries and there were, uh, I think, Lorraine berries. A couple of other ones I don't remember the names of, but we got a couple of different preserves. And then we went to another one that did, it was like a natural market and they took a bunch of local farms and put all of their products in one place. Yeah. So you could get like free range chicken eggs and cool duck eggs. And then they had in the middle, like homemade bread. So we got a loaf of ciabatta. That was the best thing ever and then off to the side they had local dairy so like you could get local milk and cheeses and then they had vegetables and fruits and it was just it was the neatest thing and then another one we went to a cattle farm that was also a vineyard Mm -hmm. and we were able to get like grass-fed grass-finished beef which is what we had for dinner and it was delicious we aren't big like beef eaters we don't really eat a lot of red meat but we just decided to try because it's supposed to be better for you and it was, it was a very like clean tasting nice beef. it was nice so we just like rambled a little bit yesterday checked out like the back roads it was that sounds nice... like a fun saturday yeah just like putzen it was great mm-hmm. we have a couple more that we want to try out there's a lavender festival that happens in june that i'm really excited about like all the lavender fields start blooming mm-hmm. you can do like a you pick lavender and they have like a bunch of different markets where you can go and get like handmade stuff from the lavender fields. I'm very excited about it. That'd be really nice. Just your B and B will smell beautiful. Yes. I'm just living my best hippie life out here in Oregon. Perfect. That's all I want for you. Although when you just said that you were farming, I just got like this panicked, like this panicked thought. And like feeling of like, oh my God, who's taking care of your garden this summer? Mm. <laughs> no one. Mm. I feel so sad for it. I was talking, we went to Home Depot and they had just a beautiful garden center. 
And I was like, I'm a little upset that there are no vegetables in my garden this year. But I put like a bunch of my perennials, like my hostas and stuff in one bed so that it'll be like pollinator friendly. And then in my herb garden, things are coming up on their own. So I have like oregano and thyme and oh, mint, always mint. So there is stuff there. I'm just, just just nothing this, this summer. No, no fruits so and vegetables. So. It's so sad. Next summer. Next summer, for sure. And meanwhile, you can just visit all the farms there and get ideas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can make your own berry. Um, I might not take it that far, but I should have blueberries <laughs> and raspberries when I get oh. home at a minimum. Good enough. <laughs> good enough. <laughs> well, good. I hope I everybody else. It. Yeah, I hope everybody else has a good holiday weekend, or um, you know, a good bank holiday, bank holiday, or just have a good you know weekend. If you have to work on Monday, I'm sorry, but Godspeed. Um, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. As always, we love getting suggestions from you guys. Be sure to send us your recommendations of stories to cover, locations to visit, ghost tours to go on, and all that good stuff. You can send it to hauntedorhoaxpod at gmail.com or DM us on social. Yeah, you can find all of our links to social as well as episodes and blogs on our website, hauntedorhoax.com. And if you feel like helping us out, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or just drop us a few stars on Spotify. Bye. Bye.